No more mass shootings. No more disrupting lives. No more creating heartbreak for people just trying to live their lives as normal New Yorkers. It has to end. It ends now. Good luck with that, Governor. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE, up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW, Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN. In Palinville, New York, we've got a lot of New York news today, unfortunately. Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's. AM 950 KTNF. And yes, we stream coast to coast and around the globe on the internets every day on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn. Hoping all you guys are safe today. Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and all your favorite podcast sites, or at least most of them. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today for another uh, two thrilling edition of the Bradcast. I got a lot of uh, different news uh, really from all over the place today to try to get to. And that's without even covering the war in Ukraine. Yeah, it's a little too action-packed today. Where the uh, Joe Biden apparently late today suggested that uh, Vladimir Putin is a, quote, dictator who has committed, quote, genocide half a world away. Your family budget, your ability to fill up your tank, none of it should hinge on whether a dictator declares war and commits genocide a half a world away. I would say the president is right about that. How are you doing, Desi Doyen? I am doing okay, and I would agree with President Biden on that as well. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, a lot of different news to get to here. Before, what I really want to uh, hope to cover today, which is the wingnut MAGA attorney general in Arizona, who has finally been forced to admit that, yeah, as it turns out, there really was no evidence at all of fraud, massive fraud in the state's 2020 election that Joe Biden, yeah, won fair and square, no matter how many Trump crybabies and cyber ninjas continue to pretend otherwise to keep their duped supporters duped. But hopefully we will get there today. (laughs) I have uh, also, by the way, been receiving a ton of email to bradcast at bradblog.com following yesterday's broadcast with my guest John Nichols of The Nation 
Uh, a lot of folks who wanted to ring in on that show regarding the need for accountability for Donald Trump and his crime family and on the call to impeach the wildly corrupt far-right activist U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Um, I'm not sure why, but folks seem to like that show. Okay, good. Uh, and or... <laughs> disagree with some of the points uh, discussed. I got a lot of mail. Haven't had that much mail after a show since we last talked about daylight savings time. Really? Go figure. Okay. I don't know. I was All hoping right. to actually share some of those notes, but uh, frankly, we've got just too much breaking news today. Mm. So I will have to kick that can down the road uh, a bit and hopefully get back to some of those thoughts soon. So let's get to some of the day's breaking news. As noted, from all over the place, we start in Brooklyn, where uh, as also noted, I hope that all of our friends listening on Radio Free Brooklyn today are doing okay after this pretty scary uh, and uh, chaotic news from uh, Tuesday morning's rush hour out there. A gunman in a gas mask and a construction vest set off a smoke canister on a rush hour subway train in Brooklyn and shot at least 10 people on Tuesday, according to authorities. The gunman, at least as of airtime today, is still on the run, along with a manhunt as police were scouring the city for the shooter and a rental truck with Arizona plates that has been tied to in uh, the, the, the shooter in some fashion by authorities. As we go to air, there are some reports that uh, police have located a uh, a U-Haul van, I think, with Arizona plates that they may have been looking for. They may be closing in by the time you hear this report. Uh, in any event, a scene of horror unfolded as uh, commuters, frightened commuters, ran from the train in Brooklyn as others limped out of it. At, at least one collapsed on the platform. Five people were in critical condition, but expected to survive, thankfully. At least 17 in all were injured in this incident in some fashion, though none at this time are reported as having life-threatening injuries. So five people in critical condition, but not life-threatening condition. Uh, this attack began on a subway train that pulled into a station in the Sunset Park neighborhood uh, of Brooklyn, about 15 minutes from Manhattan. Police Commissioner Kishant Sewell said that the attack was not being investigated as terrorism but that she was, quote, not ruling out anything. Authorities had a photo of the suspect. They were working to confirm his identity. The motive remains unknown. Uh, again, uh, officers, uh, officers around the city were told to look out for this U-Haul truck with these certain Arizona plates that uh, they may have found. We don't yet know. Investigators recovered a handgun at the scene along with multiple smoke devices. And other items they are analyzing, they said the suspect is said to have had at least two extended uh, magazines for the weapon, ammo magazines. Uh, investigators believe the weapon jammed at some point, preventing the suspect from continuing to fire, according to the officials. As police searched for the shooter, Governor Kathy Hochul warned New Yorkers to be vigilant saying that this individual is still on the loose, this person is dangerous. Speaking at a news conference, the Democratic governor said this is an active shooter situation right now in the city of New York. 
President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland were all briefed on the incident. New York Mayor Eric Adams, who is isolating following a uh, positive COVID-19 test on Sunday, said in a video statement that the city, quote, will not allow New Yorkers to be terrorized even by a single individual. Hochul, uh, in her own statement, uh, said, we say no more, no more mass shootings. You heard her at the top. No more disrupting lives. No more creating heartbreak for people just trying to live their lives as normal New Yorkers. It has to end, she said. Agreed. Uh, But there was more news for New York. And yes, Governor Hochul on Tuesday proving that there, oh, look, there can be accountability for corrupt public officials. At least if they're Democrats anyway. (laughs) New York's Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin, the uh, state's second in command to Governor Kathy Hochul, surrendered early Tuesday morning to face a federal indictment charge. Uh, charging him with bribery, fraud, falsification of records in connection with a scheme to funnel illegal donations to a previous campaign. The five-count indictment accused Benjamin of conspiring to direct state funds to a Harlem real estate investor in exchange for orchestrating thousands of dollars in illegal campaign contributions to Benjamin's unsuccessful 2021 campaign for New York City Comptroller. That's separate from his appointment as lieutenant governor. In doing so, Benjamin abused his authority as a New York State senator, engaging in a bribery scheme using public funds for his own corrupt purposes, according to prosecutors in the indictment. The investor who was also charged uh, was was arrested on federal charges back in November of last year. The indictment, which is the result of an investigation by the FBI, the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, and the city's Department of Investigation, also charged that Lieutenant Governor Benjamin subsequently, quote, engaged in a series of lies and deceptions to cover up the scheme including falsifying campaign donation forms, misleading New York City authorities, and giving false information as part of a background check to become lieutenant governor last year, according to the New York Times today. The arrest, according to AP, creates a political crisis now for Governor Kathy Hochul, seven months after she selected Benjamin as a partner to make a fresh start in a New York governor's office previously rocked by a recent scandal. Uh, Benjamin pleaded not guilty on Tuesday at an initial appearance in Manhattan federal court. He was then released and bail was set at $250,000. Hochul, in September of last year, plucked Benjamin, then a state lawmaker, Uh, to serve as second-in-command when she became governor, taking over for Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo, who resigned uh, in shame amid allegations that he sexually harassed 11 women, which he denied. Hochul, also a Democrat, was Cuomo's lieutenant governor, so she ascended to the governorship uh, and then was able to select her lieutenant governor. She's now running for uh, governor herself in this year's election, with, uh, this is uh, inconvenient, with Benjamin as her running mate. Hmm, I wonder how long that's going to last. 
Well, uh, there is no suggestion, according to the Times, that Hochul was had any awareness of Benjamin's alleged criminal conduct, which prosecutors said occurred when he was a state senator. Two months after Benjamin became lieutenant governor, a real estate developer who steered campaign contributions toward his Benjamin's failed bid to become New York City comptroller uh, was indicted. So, yes, they do indict real estate developers in New York, just in case you're wondering out there. (laughs) Noted. Federal authorities accused uh, Gerald Migdal, the uh, developer of conspiracy to commit wire fraud, wire fraud and aggravated identity theft in illegally giving donations to Benjamin's campaign. The indictment said Benjamin and others acting in his direction also engaged in a series of lies and deceptions to cover up the scheme that stretched from 2019 until 2021. They falsified campaign donor forms, misled municipal regulators, provided false information in the vetting forms that Benjamin submitted to Governor Hochul when he was being considered for his appointment as lieutenant governor, according to the indictment. Now, late this afternoon, Benjamin has resigned from office following the indictment. Uh, However... He will likely remain on New York's ballot this June. Why? Well, even though he faces uh, two in the uh, in the June election, he was or is, I don't know, facing two uh, primary challengers. Uh, But because Benjamin was designated as the Democratic Party's nominee on the ballot for lieutenant governor, apparently his name can only be removed at this point if he were to move out of the state or to die, or to seek another office. So... That's kind of a stupid law. Well, let's say that's New York. That's New York election law. They are known for their stupid election laws. Yes, they are. The uh, the scandal is the latest, uh, of course, in a long history of uh, lawmakers and other Albany leaders who have been engulfed in allegations of wrongdoing of late... Cuomo's resignation as governor came not only amid allegations of sexual harassment, but also that his administration misrepresented the number of New Yorkers who died in nursing homes from COVID-19. And that came after 2008. Don't forget, then Democratic Governor Elliot Spitzer resigned amid a prostitution investigation. And, oh, yeah, there's former Democratic New York Assembly Speaker Sheldon Silver. He is one of the most powerful figures in state government, or was at the time. He resigned in 2015 after he was arrested on federal corruption charges. His conviction ended a four-decade career in the Assembly. He died in federal custody this past January, but it's not all just Democrats. Just to be clear, former Republican state majority leader, also uh, Dean Skelos, uh, he was also convicted of extortion, wire fraud, and bribery. And then there was that uh, Republican out on uh, Staten Island, the congressman whose name I'm forgetting here, uh, (laughs) who was also indicted and charged. And he actually ran for election and I I think he won, but he uh, was eventually, of course, pardoned by Donald Trump. Because that's how Republicans take care of their own. Ain't it, though? So uh, there's your New York news. Lots of it today. In other uh, breaking news, if 
completely unrelated news today. Well, maybe maybe related to more bad news for Democrats. Uh, anyway, U.S. inflation data hit a multi-decade high last month, mostly due to surging gas prices amid both pandemic profiteering and, of course, the war in Europe. That, according to the Labor, to the Bureau of Labor Statistics on Tuesday, inflation climbed to eight and a half percent since uh, since this time last year, the highest rate since December of 1981 and an increase from February's 7.9 percent. Now, I should note here that while Republicans in the corporate media love to invoke Jimmy Carter when they're discussing inflation and Joe Biden's fortunes, uh, they usually fail to, okay, they always fail to note uh, when citing the highest inflation rate since 1981. Well, you, you know who was in office in 1981? Gosh, who? Well, that was Ronald Reagan. Uh-huh. Uh, he was in office that year. So this is the highest rate since uh, December, since essentially the end of the first year of, uh, of, of Ronald Reagan's term. That was the last time that inflation was this high. That did not seem to prevent him, at least, from going on to eventually win re-election uh, and eventually become the GOP's deity for the next several decades. Until he was replaced with deity George W. Bush and then deity Donald Trump. Uh, now, you know, back then, inflation uh, was eventually coming down versus still going up, apparently, for Biden right now. So that's certainly a difference. But but yeah, and also Reagan didn't have a pandemic and a war in, with Russia. Yeah, there you go. That to deal with. But yep. OK. Point taken. <laughs> well, uh, we will see where we are in a few months. Uh, receiving much less coverage is the fact that gas prices, in fact, have been falling at the pump pretty much every single day since Joe Biden took the unprecedented action of releasing a million barrels of oil a day for the next six months from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. I get emails from Gas Buddy, uh, the Gas Buddy app, uh, every single day now telling me that prices at your favorite gas station are down today. That, after several months saying the opposite, as we uh, talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think, the uh, change in that pricing then since Joe, Joe Biden made that move, the change in uh, gas prices since then is actually not reflected in the inflation numbers that were released on Tuesday. That was for the month of March. And, of course, gas prices, even as they are falling, well, they're still high for most folks. NBC's coverage in this case, and pretty much all of the stories I've read on this today, go on to detail other areas as well where prices have climbed, uh, rent prices. Groceries, new cars, home furnishings, all up uh, and or at near records in March, even if pretty much none of these stories bother to remind readers that also up at or near decades old records are GDP, employment, middle class wages. Yes, the Biden economic boom. But Biden boom doesn't get as many clicks on the Internet as inflation panic. I guess. But if you read way down to the bottom of at least some of these stories, you learn, for example, uh, so-called core inflation. That excludes the volatile food and gas prices. It's called core inflation. Well, that climbed 
just 6.5% year over year, slightly less, in fact, than analysts expected. It's still high, but it is less than what analysts were counting on, um, driven by the biggest drop in used vehicle prices since 1969. So, yes, you've heard many, many months about how expensive it is, how everybody's trying to find uh, used cars uh, and that the prices are through the roof. Well, the prices have been dropping uh, and uh, in a big way, larger than they have since 1969. That doesn't seem to get as much news coverage. You think that most folks will uh, get to this part of the story you know, much less past the headline of inflation hits 40 year high or even further down at the bottom of NBC's coverage here. Wells Fargo economist said in a March 31 note, quote, households are in decent financial shape and this should not be overlooked. Wage growth has been robust and shows few signs of slowing amid strong demand for labor. This is beneficial to households, even if inflation is eating into much of the recent gain. And they report in the very final section of this long piece. Uh, there is uh, they, they know there is at least one sign that inflation could cool sooner than expected, given the gradual slowdown in the housing market and an improving outlook for semiconductor chips. Recent used car sales data shows vehicle prices have now declined for two consecutive months. If the end of price hikes in that sector can filter through elsewhere and begin to put pressure on wages, inflation could even return to below the Federal Reserve's current expectations level. That, according to Ian Shepardson, the chief economist at Pantheon Macroeconomics, in a note to clients uh, sent on Monday. Uh, He said the idea that overall core inflation can return to 2% over the next year is entirely reasonable, while slower wage growth eases pressure in much of the non-rent services sector. Yes, one reason for inflation that doesn't get a lot of coverage, uh, in addition to the pandemic supply chain mess and the big oil profiteering, is that workers are making more money. They have more money so people can charge them more for stuff. They can buy more stuff and the prices go up. Wages are finally increasing for the first time in decades, which I personally see as a very good thing. But otherwise, the economists uh, who who, uh, see signs of inflation easing, uh, those folks tend to be relegated to the very end of these types of articles. Uh, so that stuff does not get onto your, you know, your radio news headlines or your Facebook feeds at all, does it? No, it does not. I can verify that for sure. Uh, also, uh, speaking of falling gas prices and attempts to further ease them today, President Biden is announcing new steps taking to uh, that he is taking to address rising gasoline prices, including emergency measures to expand biofuel sales, countering rising energy prices amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine. According to CNN, the president is slated to announce that the EPA will issue an emergency waiver permitting year round sales of E15 gasoline that contains a 15 percent ethanol blend. 
Uh, he's announcing that on a trip uh, to a uh, biofuels plant in Iowa that specializes in the creation of bioethanol. I think that event has already taken it place. It has already Desigoin. taken place, yes. The uh, sale, and he made that announcement. Yes, I he did. That. All right, the sale of the E15 gas is usually prohibited from June to mid-September. Be- well, Why? Because ethanol is a bit of a dirtier flu- fuel when it's mm-hmm. blended into regular gasoline, slightly dirtier than E10, the 10% version of ethanol blended gasoline. And because it's a bit dirtier, yeah. its exhaust works with the sun in summertime and the heat that creates um, smog, which is bad. Which is bad. And that's why from June until September, mid-September, uh, E15 is, is generally uh, banned. Right. But E10... Because there's more sunshine, more heat, that creates more smog, even more so. E10, which is also an ethanol blend, 10% corn or whatever it is. Yes, it's mostly derived from corn. That is allowed to be used all year round. Because I guess it doesn't cause the same kind of of smog. Not quite as much. Under uh, uh, the former president, I'm forgetting his name now, (laughs) not coming back. Anyway, under the former guy, the uh, EPA issued an order allowing permanent year-round sales of E15. That was back in 2019 because Donald Trump doesn't actually care about air quality or, you know, preventing Americans from becoming sick by it. Thankfully, his order was overturned last year by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit because, as usual, the Trump administration did it unlawfully. Biden's announcement, on the other hand, uh, according to a senior administration official, is distinct from Trump's efforts in that it is, quote, based on the current circumstance, which is a fuel supply emergency. So there was no emergency when Donald Trump did it, when he said it was going to be year round. For now, this is, I guess, will be uh, the order from the EPA will be an emergency waiver that will only last for a certain period of time. According to the White House estimates, uh, E15 sales could save consumers 10 cents per gallon on average while reducing reliance on uh, foreign fuels. In a statement, the White House said, quote, The president believes that the action of a dictator half a world away should not impact what families pay at the pump here at home. Today's actions also reinforce the Biden-Harris administration's goal of achieving real energy independence and commitment to a long-term strategy strategy to spur smart development and adoption of sustainable homegrown fuels. I see what they did there. Homegrown. <laughs> it's grown. Yeah. It's corn. It's grown. Yes. Um... How do you feel about all this, Desi Doyne? Um, Well, I think that overall biofuels do have a sort of limited application in the transition away from fossil fuels. There are places where biofuels could be very helpful, but overall it is kind of a sop to corn farmers in Iowa. It will help to lower gas prices in the near term. You know, I don't know if the White House estimates are correct, about 10 cents a gallon, but if so... That's a pretty big uh, benefit to families who are struggling right now. But overall, corn ethanol is uh, is a dead end. Well, you know, you say it's a sop to uh, corn for- farmers in Iowa, and it actually is at least when it's sort of a presidential election year. That's right. why you see all right. of these uh, pres- on both sides of the aisle coming out and saying, oh, we need more ethanol because they want to win the Iowa 
uh, caucuses, caucuses and all that. Yes. Yeah. And so this is an emergency situation. People do need help. So I understand that. And uh, and he's got to be seen to be doing something. I think Biden does. This will actually maybe do something. And that does help. But it'll probably also put some upward pressure on corn prices. Uh, well, OK. Yeah. So we'll survive. It, it will help a little bit. Uh, so every little bit helps, I guess. Uh, yeah. We're at war, man. Uh, Anyway, Renewable Fuels Association President Jeff Cooper said, quote, we applaud President Biden and his administration for recognizing that low cost, low carbon ethanol, low carbon ethanol, okay, should be given a fair opportunity to strengthen our energy security and reduce record high pump prices, because I guess adding corn to fuel is considered renewable. The Renewable Fuels Association president? Well, see, that's that's when you get fancy with the definitions. You can regrow corn, but it still has a, uh, you know, that. so the source is sort of renewable, but it still has pollution and exhaust and other external costs, whereas, you know, sun and wind are literally renewable. I will uh, say this. The oil industry, apparently... Did not like this at all. They slammed the administration for the move, according to a spokesman for the American Petroleum Institute. That's its main lobbying arm. Their spokesman is a guy named Ron Chit. I said Chit. Uh, C-H-I-T. Correct. Uh, And uh, apparently, uh, according to Reuters, he said, Americans are looking for long-term solutions, not short-term political fixes to high gas prices, said Chit. Obviously, uh, he was angry because it means there will be, I guess, you know, 15 percent less oil in some of the nation's gas for a few months. Hey, you know, you're going to shave off a couple of dollars of profit and big oil is not going to go for that. Here's a long term uh, fix to high gas prices. Chit. Lower them. You're making record profits. We're in the middle of a war that could become a world war, and your dangerous, dirty, deadly industry is currently reaping all-time record profits and refusing to increase output in order to lower them. And you're complaining that we need uh, long-term fixes for this? Are you kidding me? Uh, Chit? Anyway... More related-ish news a little bit later this hour, I suspect, uh, in Desi's latest Green News report. But let's take a quick break here. We'll come back with the Arizona Attorney General's admission. As much as he tried to not make this admission, his admission that, yeah, in fact, Joe Biden, yeah, won the state's 2020 presidential election fairly and squarely, and that none of the fraud that Trump and his MAGA mob, including the Arizona State Legislature and the Cyber Ninjas, had all long pretended existed, none of that, it seems, actually occurred. And yeah, the attorney general had to admit it. But if you weren't careful, it would look like he was saying something else entirely. We will be careful in the next segment. That's straight ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com slash donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. I love you. 
Well, I love you, Mom. Otherwise, I wouldn't play that terrible song that she loves for some reason so much to kick off this uh, segment. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. It really is a terrible song, isn't it? <laughs> I look forward to playing it again in the future. Anyway, uh, so at the uh, at the end of last year's Supreme Court term, I guess last June or, or July, uh, whenever this one came out, um, opponents of the Landmark Voting Rights Act won a pretty huge victory when Justice Sam Alito decided, well, sure, Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act bars election-related voting laws that disproportionately racially discriminate against certain minority voters. But let's not go crazy. We can't protect against all laws that end up having a racially disparate effect on voters. A little discrimination is okay. That's actually what this opinion uh, said. He wrote for the majority in that opinion that, yeah, Arizona's law against ballot collection, well, that may hurt minority groups, some minority groups, more than more than the general population. But, you know, a little racism is 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 now okay apparently, when it comes to voting laws under this uh, Supreme Court. Seriously, that is what the Republicans stolen and packed six to three Supreme Court ruled last year in what was, in fact, another major blow to what is left of the landmark Voting Rights Act. And that may get worse uh, in the months and years ahead. But last year, that case, that case was named Brnovich versus Democratic National Committee. The winner of that case, as it turns out, was Brnovich, Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich, the state's hard right AG who has also been pretending since the 2020 presidential election in the state that there must have been massive fraud there that gave its electoral votes to Democrat Joe Biden. The first time the Democrat won uh, the state in decades, it must have been due to fraud, to massive fraud. Well, now, uh, Brnovich, uh, he is admitting, though you you really have to pay attention here to notice, he's admitting that there actually was no massive fraud in the state's 2020 election, at least not in Maricopa County, the largest county by far in the state. As the Arizona Republic reported last week, Attorney General Mark Brnovich's probe of Maricopa County, that's Phoenix, uh, Maricopa County's 2020 election has found... No crimes, according to an initial report released last Wednesday on the months-long investigation being carried out by his office. Investigators with the office's Election Integrity Unit suggested that the county, Maricopa, lacked adequate methods to verify voter signatures on early ballots, and they found holes in its chain of custody for ballots deposited in drop boxes. But even there, the report's claims are in question as he described those matters as, quote, serious vulnerabilities. Not serious crimes, just vulnerabilities, problems that could happen. But didn't. Trying to create the impression that something happened, Uh, but but it didn't. At least he was able to find no evidence of it, you know. But yes, trying to create that idea in hopes that you won't notice that he also found 
no crimes in the 2020 election. The report also raised questions. Question. I thought this was, report was supposed to answer the questions, not ask them. Anyway, it raised questions about other election procedures, including the use of private grant money to help stage the election during a pandemic. That private grant money uh, that he's talking about here uh, would be funds that were uh, given to help Maricopa County, which has a Republican majority county commission uh, money that was given to them to run their election safely back in 2020 because of the extra costs. Uh, that were needed to keep people from, you know, getting infected by COVID in the process of voting. The money came from that renowned lefty Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's foundation. Well, if Zuckerberg, uh, you know, gives the county money to safely run an election so they can afford, you know, more drop boxes and such. Well, I guess you better make sure that Democrats win the election. That's the theory here. Don't tell all the Republicans who won in Maricopa County in 2020, including the new Republican county recorder, the guy who runs the elections there, who defeated the Democrat who ran that election in 2020. Ran it in part with Zuckerbucks. Overall, the report made uh, no accusations, according to the uh, paper, of wrongdoing on the part of any individuals. It did not even cite specific instances of possible crimes, according to the Arizona Republic, though the report claims that the, quote, investigation is still developing in material ways. Of course it is. Sure it is, Mark. Uh, while it details potential flaws in the process, it does not provide any evidence that the election outcome would have been any different. Joe Biden won Maricopa County by some 45,000 votes, putting Arizona in his column, helping to seal his 2020 victory over Donald Trump. Bill Gates, no, not Windows Bill Gates, Bill Gates, the Republican chair of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, and Republican County recorder Stephen Richer, he's the one who won in 2020, they released a rebuttal statement to Brnovich, saying that his report contained, quote, no new evidence, nothing that would have changed the results, and nothing that should lead people to question the overall health of our electoral system. The report finally arrived quietly, apparently, a few days ago, because, you know, most people have not heard about this at all. It finally arrived after uh, pressure from Senator Kelly Townsend, Republican from Mesa, uh, Arizona, and uh, chair of the Senate Government Committee to uh, give uh, lawmakers some sense of what the attorney general had uncovered in this long investigation so that they could uh, craft corrective legislation. But what did he find? Well, he found nothing. The report was delivered to the Senate president, Karen Fan, who had asked Brnovich to investigate the findings of the ballot review that the Senate's contractor, Cyber Ninjas, produced six months ago. So months and months and months, they gave millions of dollars to the Cyber Ninjas to, uh, you know, count all the ballots, to investigate everything. The Cyber Ninjas came up with pretty much nothing at all. Well, exactly nothing at all but I'll get to them in a second. And uh, the Senate president, who kicked all of this off, said, well, this uh, is very troubling. We better give this to the attorney general so he can, you know, arrest people and stuff. 
Well, those months have gone by. The attorney general arrested no one and has given this report that pretends there were problems when it admits there weren't any. Uh, So uh, this was, uh, you know, (laughs) just the scam continues. They can't take the election was fine for an answer. Of course not. They wouldn't continue to get millions of dollars in donations from their base. In her statement, Fan continued the gaslighting. She said, quote, the AG's findings of failures, fraud and potential misconduct. During Did she the tw- read the report? I'm sorry. Wait, what? I, I don't know. If she, I have no idea if she read it. It doesn't, doesn't matter. sound like it. doesn't matter. This is what she said. Failures, fraud, and potential misconduct during the 2020 election in Maricopa County are not surprising given the lack of compliance or cooperation. Maricopa County elections officials displayed from the start. Now, those Maricopa County election officials dispute that bigly. But before I get there, as the uh, 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 AZ Republic notes, the only mention of fraud in Bernovich's report appears in reference to prosecutions that the AG's Election Integrity Unit has done previously, many of them involving issues in completely different counties than this report was about, counties which are not Maricopa. The release of Bernovich's report unleashed criticism from county recorders, current and past, Republican and Democratic, as well as Democratic Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, who is running for governor uh, this year. They lambasted the report as speculation, noted Bernovich did not provide any evidence of wrongdoing, but instead suggested, well, things just didn't look right. Seriously, uh, something must be wrong because something was something just didn't look right. Because Trump didn't win, therefore something must be wrong. The county's new recorder, the one who won in 2020, who now runs the elections in the county, Stephen Richer, a Republican and a critic of the Senate's Cyber Ninjas election review, criticized Brnovich on social media, saying the report mischaracterized his office's, quote, extreme cooperation with investigators. He wrote on Twitter that the report showed, quote, suggestions of some imperfect ballot transportation documentation and a, quote, suggestion that signature verification happens too quickly. But most importantly, it rightfully doesn't say anything about a stolen election or unlawful acts by election workers, according to uh, Richer. So what does the report say, for example, about signature verification happening too quickly is what the uh, AG says. Well, Brnovich describes the county's signature verification system as, quote, insufficient to guard against abuse, noting the short amount of time that election workers have to look at signatures on ballots. The Maricopa County Recorder's Office verified more than 206,000 signatures in the November 4, uh, uh, on November 4 of 2020, averaging out to just 4.6 seconds for each verification, according to Brnovich. That fast pace, he said, leaves the system, quote, vulnerable to error, fraud and oversight. However, it does not explain how it arrived at the 4.6 second figure, nor does it refer to any kind of standard or guideline for how long a signature check should take. It just seems like it's too fast. Which, by the way, 4.6 seconds is kind of a long time. When I read this, I, I you know, I sort of stopped and, and thought, well, if I was looking at a signature, 
that's about 4.6 seconds. <laughs> That seems like plenty of time. I don't know. Secretary of State Hobbs, uh, in a statement, said the report is further proof that Brnovich is trying to curry favor with election deniers. No. Who support uh, Donald Trump? She said uh, instead of simply following the evidence, he speculates. Instead of clarity, he provides conjecture. She is running for uh, for governor in Arizona. She accused uh, Brnovich of wasting taxpayer dollars to, quote, chase cyber ninja conspiracies. And then there's former county recorder Adrian Fontes, the Democrat who lost in Maricopa County in 2020. He's been a guest on the show before. Uh, he oversaw the conduct of that election. Uh, he agrees with the guy who beat him, the Republican who beat him for the county recorder role. He says the uh, report was long on speculation, short on facts. Fonte said, uh, quote, he's just saying it doesn't seem right. Nobody cares what you think, Mr. B, wrote <laughs> Fontes. We want to know what you know. Uh, in their uh, rebuttal, Gates and Richer, again, both Republicans, said the uh, report does not include one single example of a ballot that was accepted without a proper signature. Not one. On the question of chain of custody, the question of chain of custody, quote, records confirm that tamper evidence seals were secured on every drop box. They said we can account for every ballot that was delivered to the elections department, whether it was returned in a drop box, voted in person early, mailed back to us or voted on Election Day. Uh, Brnovich, uh, he's running in a competitive Republican primary for the U.S. Senate in Arizona. He's faced a barrage of calls from former President Donald Trump and his supporters to finish the investigation. And I suspect they are not going to like the results of this investigation. And yes, I'm spending a lot of time uh, sort of disemboweling this investigation <laughs> for what it actually is, another lie. And I hate doing it. I hate wasting your time on it. I hated spending all that time on the stupid, stupid cyber ninjas. But if we don't, you know, then you know, Karen Fan goes on uh, on Fox News and says the AG's findings of failure, fraud and potential misconduct during 2020 are not surprising. All of that is nonsense. If you look at the actual report, there is no there there. There is nothing there. Senator Wendy Rogers, uh, Republican of Flagstaff, she's one of the state's, uh, as the paper describes her here, most fervent supporters of the 2020 election conspiracy theories. She was not happy with Brnovich's update. She called it out on social media as, quote, flaccid <laughs> and slow. She said, quote, our nation burns and people write damn letters that don't do a damn thing. She said on Twitter, adding in all unhinged caps, quote, we want arrests now. Wow. For what? I bet you do. What do you want an arrest for? We are still waiting for you people to figure that part out because the MAGA attorney general can't even seem to find any reason for those arrests. 
So, you know, if the months and months and millions and millions of taxpayer dollars that have been wasted by so-called conservatives, they have the temerity to call themselves conservatives, fiscal conservatives. They're careful. They don't want to waste your taxpayer dollars unless it's millions and millions and millions of dollars on one report after another after another, which says the same damn thing every damn time, that no one can find any crimes here, that yes, Joe Biden won the election in 2020. The cyber ninjas, the attorney general, they still cannot find any evidence that Donald Trump had the Arizona election stolen from him. But do you think that will stop the phony claims of massive fraud in Arizona? If you do, well, uh, don't count on it. (laughs) They're putting the con in conservative. There you go. Uh, But unhinged state Senator Wendy Rogers, well, she was right on one point, Des. Okay. The nation is burning, just not for the reasons that State Senator Wendy Rogers is pretending to believe. For that, we turn to you (laughs) and our latest Green News report. That's next on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad here at the Bradcast and Bradblog.com. We fight for election integrity all year around, like no other media outlet in the nation. But of course, we need your help to help us remain on your public airwaves and completely independent. Please help us continue that fight over your public airwaves by stopping by Bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Crazy Bradcast. Crazy Bradcast. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a series of crazy Bradcasts. Are the Bradcasts ever not crazy? Uh, no. That's the world we live in. You know, I didn't mention it, but the Cyber Ninjas uh, in Arizona, when, when they counted all of the ballots and they did their investigation, they found uh, that Joe Biden actually won, right. actually won by more votes than was officially reported. Yes. Defeating uh, Donald Trump. Uh, but uh, you know what? Uh, don't trust them because <laughs> nobody does. The experts well, don't they, trust them of either. Of course not. Why would Even you? Even though they came back with a favorable finding. Uh, anyway, they can't back up their numbers. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Where are we? What are we doing? <laughs> Our latest Green News report. Oh, yeah. Methane increased a record amount for the second year in a row. NOAA reports a disturbing increase in climate warming methane. Americans buying a new vehicle will spend less on gas than they would have if we hadn't taken this step. Biden administration tightens mileage standards for cars and trucks. Boston and L.A. shift to electric buses, plus... They've been found in ocean and drinking water, in soil and air and food, but this is the first time they've been detected in living lungs. Microplastic pollution now found in humans, too. Everything is awesome. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Scientists have found microplastics in people's blood for the first time. So note to self, when disposing of large amounts of blood, remember to separate it into the right bins. (laughs) Helpful advice. This is your Green News Report. Soak up the sun. 
Okay, Desi Doyen, I hate to say it, but does not sound like there's a whole lot of good news in today's Green News Report. Well, there's a little bit, so wait for it. Oh, I'm waiting. First up, global atmospheric levels of the extremely potent climate warming gas methane increased by a record amount in 2021. That's according to NOAA, and it increased for the second year in a row. Methane matters because it is a big contributor to man-made climate change. It's about 25 times more powerful at trapping heat than carbon dioxide on short timescales. NOAA scientists speculate that the spike may be from nature. Wetlands contain decaying organic matter, which releases methane methane, but more intense downpours turbocharged by global warming can accelerate that release. That concerns researchers because it could signal a potential feedback loop of a naturally driven cycle that gets worse as the climate warms. And there's nothing we can do about that. The climate warms, it releases more methane, And it makes everything warmer still. Exactly. Fantastic. However, studies do show that cuts to human-driven methane emissions from the fossil fuel and agriculture industries would have big benefits, reducing near-term global warming. NOAA's announcement came just days after U.N. scientists warned world governments are not acting fast enough to cut emissions to avoid dangerous climate impacts. So that's not the good news, right? Nope. In energy geopolitics, Japan has joined the EU and the U.S. to target Russia's energy sector for the first time. Japan will ban Russian coal imports that fund Russia's war in Ukraine. But like several EU countries, Japan has resisted calls from Ukraine to ban Russian oil and gas altogether. As environmental journalist Peter Sinclair of Climate Crocs notes, quote, no one fights over sunlight and wind. As long as we are dependent on fossil fuels, autocrats like Vladimir Putin will lust for oil fields like those in eastern Ukraine and use fossil gas as a weapon against democracy. Good point. In other news, plastic pollution is pervasive around the entire planet, from the top of Mount Everest to the deepest oceans, and now in people. That is Definitely not the good news. First, a small study in the Netherlands found tiny pieces of microplastics in the blood of nearly 80% of the people tested, demonstrating that the particles can travel around the body and may lodge in organs. Good God. A second study found microplastics deep in the lungs of living people for the first time. The scientists said more research is needed to understand the health consequences of microplastics found in humans, but they are concerned because laboratory studies have shown microplastics can cause damage to human cells. But here's the good news. Okay. The Biden Department of Transportation has reversed a Trump rollback of fuel efficiency standards for cars, minivans, SUVs, and pickup trucks. The new standards ratchet up so that by 2026, new vehicles sold in the United States will average 49 miles per gallon, saving consumers billions in fuel costs. That is if those standards are allowed to move forward in 2026 by President Trump. In Boston. In Boston. Shook you up a little, did I? In Boston, Democratic Mayor Michelle Wu, the first woman and the first person of color to serve in that city's top office, announced that Boston will shift its entire fleet to non-polluting all-electric vehicles, starting with school buses, to cut the city's emissions and its air pollution. There's some good news. This will be a big step forward in making sure that we are delivering the clean air, public health, opportunity, the right start and end to your day coming to and from the Boston Public Schools. Very nice. 
Are they going to add seatbelts to the school buses while they're at it? (laughs) Good question. Thank you. And finally, the Los Angeles City Council has voted unanimously to electrify the city's entire fleet of more than 10,000 vehicles as part of its plan to become the first U.S. city to rely on zero carbon energy by 2035. The plan includes creating jobs by greatly expanding the city's EV charging network. That is good news. 10,000 vehicles? At least. All right. Well, if we're doing it, everyone else in the country can, too. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. God knows I love that bus. Thank you very much, Desi Doyen. Yeah. Uh, now it's a crazy Green News report, too, by the way. Just some good news, some crazy news, some bad news. Kind some... of all over the place. But kind of was... like that's how our world is. Yeah, it is. Uh, but that is actually really good news in Boston and, and L.A. That yes. they're shifting to electric cars. And they and could buses. do it faster if the uh, Biden Build Back Better bill had passed. But, yep. you know, we'll go with what we can and m- make these moves as fast as possible. Elections have consequences, folks. She's talking to you, Joe Manchin, <laughs> and uh, Arizona's Kirsten Cinema, who screwed that Build Back Better thing up. Because, yeah, that would have made a huge difference. We would have been able to go a lot faster in all 50 states, a lot more buses, a lot more cars. A lot cleaner air. That's it. We're getting out of this show. I've had it. All right. Thank you very much, Desi Doyne. Thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. Uh, It's greatly appreciated. We hope we made it worth your while. Uh, You can download, uh, if you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. That, of course, is made possible by those of you kind enough to stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to uh, report on your public airwaves for as long as possible. We are 100% listener-supported, thanks to you. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. I'll see you there. Until we see you here next time, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. I love that woman.